Merry Christmas, everyone. So, I love this Mass. I know you do, too. Uh, a very sacred night. There's something about the night that just speaks to us about uh, the amazing thing that God has accomplished at this time. There's two kind of points I want to make for you tonight, and tonight I want to invite you into, as the world celebrates, and a theme that's been going through my sermons the last couple of weeks, um, is the world doesn't know why it celebrates. And oftentimes those around us, there's a temptation to just escape the world. And tonight what I want to invite you into is that you as a lover of God and as a Christian, tonight you have a reason for profound joy. Joy that lasts, joy that is not about, I don't know, a sugar high, but something much deeper. And I want to invite you into that tonight. So tonight's homily is sponsored by Balthazar our most frequent sponsor. Um, imagine if you were with the shepherds. Imagine if you had that vision that they had in our reading from Luke chapter 2. And the amazing thing is that I think if any of us, if we had a vision of angels and a choir of heavenly voices singing glory to God, that would be the, the pinnacle of our story. That would be the reason for our joy. That would be the thing we would tell everyone we know about. But interestingly enough, the angels know that they are only there to point to something that is a greater cause for joy. And the shepherds tonight, what happens is they go from darkness and they have this heavenly vision where they are enraptured by light. But they leave that light behind to find the Christ child in the manger. Something seemingly ordinary. Something that wouldn't, on the surface, seem to really be much to talk about. But they leave behind that heavenly glory to seek him out. Every one of us if we really follow Jesus, if we really love him, if we really know what it means to be a Christian, on an on authentic level, that paradigm of leaving behind this heavenly light to go out into the darkness is something that we will know. One of the most important dates, I think, of the 20th century was the 10th of September, 1946. Those of you who know me know that I don't know dates, so I did my homework. Um, the 10th of September, 1946, isn't really a date that's probably going to show up in your history books. But on that day, there was a young woman on a train. And she was a devout Catholic. She was happy. She lived a great life. She was happy with what she was doing. She was serving God. 
She was faithful. She had a real prayer life. Um, and on the 10th of September of 1946, Jesus started speaking to her. And when she was on this train, she was on her way to a retreat, Jesus said a number of things to her, but one of the things he said to her was he said, and I love this phrase, he said to her, come be my light. And of course that young woman is the one we would come to know as Mother Teresa. And here's the first thing I want to say to you tonight, brothers and sisters. The way that the world around us and the way you and I are tempted to operate is that we rejoice when things go well. And when we go from something good to something better, and when we ascend to the light and the sun shines upon us and everything seems to be going as it should be, that's when you and I rejoice and that is a good thing. That's what we should do. Tonight's joy is a different kind of joy. Tonight, we do not celebrate a night where you and I climbed higher to the light. Tonight, we celebrate that the light himself entered into the darkness. And that is the reason you will be in heaven forever. Amazing. And for those of us who love God, who love Jesus, there's something of that call in our lives. Mother Teresa knew that. She knew that she had joy in her faith, her hope and love for God. But that because she loved God, that he would call her to deeper things, that he would say to her, Come be my light. Come to the dark places. Come to the places where people are in despair. Come to the places where Satan is strong. Bring the light to those places. The only reason she could do that, of course, was because Jesus did it first. And so our sponsor tonight says this. He says, the Lord, the high God, has taken the same path as the shepherds. He has left his glory behind him and has gone into the dark world. No one knows, knows how far down into the darkness this word in action will lead. At all events, it will descend much deeper than anyone else into what is worldly apparently insignificant and profane, into what is bound, poor, and powerless. The incarnation, the moment of Christ's birth into this world, brothers and sisters, is the light descending into darkness because he loves you. No one knows how far we'll go, Balthazar says. And what the gospel writers want you and I to see, I just assume tonight 
if you got drugged here by someone who loves you and you're not strong in your faith, this is going to be a little intense. Um, sorry, not sorry. But if you're here tonight at 10 o'clock, I feel like I'm able to speak to you at a little bit of a deeper level. That you are someone who knows what love is, who knows what faith is. And so what Baldazar is saying here is that our faith, which is so powerful, the Christian mystery and the mystery of Christmas is a mystery of humility. Right? That the one who loved us in the world right now, right? And not, I don't mean to be harsh on the world, but the world does not understand this. And so the world eats its cookies and likes the nice lights. But you and I, we rejoice in something real. And the gospel writers want us to understand that the birth of Christ is very much connected to the death of Christ. Jesus was born into this world in a cave. The beginning of his story is there. The end of his story will also be in a cave. Because he goes to the depths to search for us. And so Balthazar goes on. He says... No one knows. We shall, I'm missing the, the, my section here. He says, at all events, he will descend much deeper than anyone else into what is worldly, insignificant, and profane. So much so that we shall not be able to follow the last stage of his path. Jesus keeps descending. He will go to the ends of the earth to find us, to seek and to save what is lost. A heavy stone will block the way, preventing others from approaching, while in utter night, in ultimate loneliness and forsakenness, he descends to his dead human brothers. There is nothing better than that. When I was in the darkness, the Son of God, who dwelt in unapproachable light, came to my darkness to find me. This is what Christmas is about. And because you did that, Jesus, because you loved me enough to come into my darkness, by your grace and mercy, I will dwell in light for all eternity. There is nothing better. Mother Teresa knew that. And because she had first been found, she could be sent. That is the story of the church. How do we respond to that? I want to leave one last thought tonight. And I hope you'll pray with us this week, brothers and sisters, with everything that goes on in our lives, with our busyness, with our fears and our hopes, with a difficult 2020, with all these things. This is the meaning of our life.
is that God entered the depths to bring us back to him. So how do we respond? If someone loved you that much, how do you respond to that? The whole of the Christian life, what I want to just kind of shout tonight from the rooftops, is that the whole of the Christian life is a turning towards God. In my life, when I become a better man, when I am a better priest, it is not because someone told me to be a better man or a better priest. It's because I encountered light. And the light changes me. And it draws me closer to God. That's what makes me better than I actually am. The whole Christian life is an act of conversion. Conversion, what it means, is it means I'm going in one way. I was going my own way. I was living my own life. I was living my own path. And because someone loved me, I turned. And he called me out of darkness into his own wonderful light. The whole Christian life is a turning. I guess a secondary sponsor is Pope Benedict. They sponsor us a lot. Pope Benedict says this, In the ancient world, the normal word for conversion was epistrophe in Greek. And what it meant was it meant that you looked inside of yourself you turned inside and you found the divine inside yourself. And Pope Benedict says, there's something true to that. But the Christian faith went further. Jesus, in his life, he challenged you and I to go further. The Christian word that we adopted for conversion, we did not use the word epistrophe. That's the normal word. We didn't use it. The New Testament uses the word metanoia. And it's much more radical. And what it means is that for you and I, our response to the light, to the God who loves us, who enters our darkness, our response is not to turn inside of ourselves. It is to turn around. It is to turn outside of ourselves to something greater than ourselves. It is to love another. It is to love God. And that's why the Son of God became a human being. Tonight, as you know, if you came to Mass last weekend, tonight's our first day here at Lourdes that we're, we're doing Masses facing the crucifix. Why do we do that? I hope you already see why. Christianity, I love you guys so much. But the way that you and I grow in love for each other is when we together turn to him. And when you come to Mass at Lord's, and if you see me on this side of the altar, the same side as you, it's never meant to say, oh, Father Brian turned his back on us. That's not what it's about. It's actually exactly the opposite, precisely the opposite. The, the church has always taught that it is not the priest alone who offers the Mass. It is all of us. When Jesus tonight on this altar offers himself to the Father for the redemption of the world, 
You are a member of the body of Christ, and your job is to offer yourself along with Christ. It's to turn to the Father and to say, me too. I will give my life. I will turn towards God. I will live my life as a sacrifice to the Father. That's Christianity. That's the Mass. I always tell RCIA every year, if you go to Mass and you're just here for the sermon, you're missing out. When I began to understand that it wasn't just the priest that offers the Mass, but it was me too before I was a priest, everything changed. And I knew Jesus was on this altar offering himself for the world. And I said, Father, me too. I offer myself through him, with him, and in him. Tonight, when you hear the words of the Mass, make them your own. They're not my words. They are the words of Christ. But all of us baptized into Christ, we can own those words. Right, tonight you'll hear the words, Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. The whole Christian life is a conversion. It's a turning away from the world, away from ourselves. It's a turning to God. And I hope you'll see that tonight. So offer the Mass with me when you're here. Enter into it. Offer your joys, your sorrows, your fears. Place them on this altar. Offer them to God. But Jesus, tonight, Lord, we rejoice, Lord, that you came to our darkness. Lord, that you entered into my despair. You entered into my hopelessness. You brought light. Jesus, may all of us who honor you tonight, who love you, may our lives turn to you, may our hearts turn to you. And Jesus, by your humility, may we come to dwell in heaven for all of eternity.